Let's light this candle. And here we are for episode 34 of the Questions Podcast with Pastor Mark and Pastor Miles, where you get your spiritual minty freshness and a big helping of cold-blooded love. Which we absolutely need today for sure. Absolutely. Always. All right, Pastor Mark, so um, you tried my crazy mushroom coffee today. Some people, some listeners wanted to know if you, what did they call it? What did you call it? Hippie mushroom coffee? Hippie mushroom coffee. Yeah, did you, you tried some. I did. It was Your terrific. Thoughts? I'm I'm ready to kick off my Vans and wear some Birkenstock. I might even... It, uh, it kicked in that quickly, huh? Yeah, it was good stuff. I mean, I could have drank a couple more cups of it, but it had good flavor. Yeah? I'm not sure I felt any rush of Holy Spirit power that I normally get, you know, from Well, I'm sure this wouldn't be Holy Spirit Pete's, power. It might be Spirit power. I don't know. What, spirit power it could what, what spirit? Often mistaken. Strange Caffeine spirits. rush. Yeah, so um, it, it tastes like regular coffee. Now, uh, I think because was, I mean, it is, it's instant coffee, but it's also got lion's mane extract. This is a kind of mushroom. Okay. It also has chaga extract, I'm which is another mushroom. Chaga. Was chaga the guy on Land of the Lost, the monkey guy? I'm old. I'm not as old. I don't know these things. My, our viewers will know. Some Land are of our, the Lost. Well, they're not even viewing, they're listening. The, the viewers, they have to and use their imagination to view. I want you to know that Jennifer, one of our. She's new to the church, but she's a new listener. She's yeah. the one that asked if I drank your hippie coffee. My hippie coffee. So yeah, I'm ready to, you know, get we, some Birkenstocks. I'm gonna make. I'm is, gonna make America coffee. groovy again, man. Four sigmatic mushroom coffee. Some way when someday when we arrive, maybe they'll be a sponsor of our show. You yeah, want sponsors? I totally want sponsors. I got. Yeah. I've had some people call. I just don't know if I want to let them have it. Oh, okay, yeah. So I've had. We will you know, bow to no sponsors unless well, the price is right. Well, I'm just saying, you know, price is wrong. I got to be interested in their products. So, oh goodness gracious, you know, we had uh, Uber whooping, but uh, no, we, don't, we no, won't be doing I that. Like your, I don't like your sponsors. The, that you the make sponsors? Up. I'm concerned about your sponsors. Uber whooping? Yes. Oh man, come on! The best thing in the world to discipline kids just phone in a whooping. We got dial a saint. Dial a santo. Dial a saint. Yeah. Yeah. Saint Christopher. You know, interesting. Yes. So, like, St. Christopher used to be a big deal. St. Christopher? Is he yeah. the He's the patron saint of what? So, uh, I think it was travelers, fishermen, fools, something like that. And so, a lot of... Um, it was a very ethnic thing. A lot of people the were... Venerated there. by several Christian denominations as a martyr killed in the reign of the 3rd century Roman Emperor Decius. And alternatively, under Roman Empire, Maximinus, Maximinus. So say a lot of second. fishermen would wear the St. Christopher medal. Oh, okay. But then, like, I think he got desantoed. Desantoed? Yeah. Is like, that such a thing? Desanified. Yeah, okay. And so he's fallen out of grace. And I don't know why that. I mean, I don't know how you Posthumously can be, uh, excommunicated? Well, like, dead for a thousand years, and then all of a sudden they dig up the dirt on you or something. Oh, okay. He is a patron saint of many places, including Baden, Germany, Barga, Italy, Brunswick, Germany. What, what's he the patron saint of? What? Saint Christopher's Island. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not finding much on the the Wikipedia. Oh wow! Well, I think Wikipedia is amazingly silent. I mean, I know more than Wikipedia. That's kind of scary. No, no, it's it's a longer article. I just didn't have oh, the time it's a in a second to read it. It requires like real research. Yeah, I'd have to actually have to go through it real quick. I was oh. just hoping that they would say patron saint of, and then give me something. But oh, look at this, <laughs> Patron pa patronage, bachelors. Oh hey, pre desperation. Um, you're 30 years he, old, and you're the, the patron, singles group. The patron saint of 
transportation. There driving, you go. Drivers I told you. and sailors. Travers, there you go. Traveling. Traveling. Especially long journeys. Mecca high, Mecca Heine Ho. You're going to like this. He is the patron saint of surfing. Me- All right. Storms. Uh, he's a patron saint of epilepsy, gardeners, holy death, and the toothache. <laughs> toothache. Epilepsy and toothaches? <laughs> I don't know. Wow. <laughs> He may, do you have a St. Christopher medal? Because the way you were dancing the other day, you were like an epileptic toothache dance. It was good. Yes. White no. man shuffle. No. Wow. I mean, you throw in mountain biking, and he's he's a santo. I'll wear the medal. You know, there you go. Wow. I got some news for you from thewashingtonpost.com. Oh, wow. That's not weird, quirky news if it's Washington Post. No, no, no. no. Post. Washington it's probably Post. fake news. But anyway. No, no, no. This is fascinating Real news. stuff. Fascinating news from Appalachia. Is this Washington State or no, Washington? No, the Washington Post, owned by Jeff Bezos, the multi-billionaire and uh, head of Amazon. That's a little suspect. Yeah. You got a lot of money and you have your own newspaper. I mean, you can put well, whatever not, you want in there. That's nothing new. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. Freedom of the press exists for those who own one. So get a laser printer. Anyways, the WashingtonPost.com uh, says the circuit preacher. You know about circuit preachers back in the day? This is especially, uh, you know, a typical sort of thing on the hockey circuit, NASCAR. No, 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 no. the frontier land. Oh, yeah, they would visit all the different multiple churches that they would ride. Hamlet, circuit preacher. The circuit preacher was an idea of the frontier past. Now it's the circuit, or it's the cutting edge response to shrinking churches. And this this article goes on to talk about a couple, uh, two individuals who are married, who are both pastors, Jess and her husband Jason. And they pastor between them five churches that they travel between on Sunday mornings. And they kind of finish one. And while they're singing their last song, they're running out the door and driving to the next one. They're like modern day circuit preachers because these churches are dying and getting smaller and smaller and their budgets are smaller and smaller. And they can't support uh, a single pastor. And yeah, fascinating. They're all mainline denominations. Really? They're in major decline. Yeah. Wow. Maybe they need to make some changes. Potentially. Mainline denominational churches in a big way, they've kind of well, I think I think we could say it like this. They have they have left traditional orthodox belief on a number of things. Well, I, I mean, I'm not gonna name names, but some of these uh denominations not all. Mainline denominations. Some of these mainline or used to be mainline denominations. Well, that's what they're referred to. They basically stand for nothing anymore. Maybe, yeah. And they fall for anything, so to speak. I mean, if, when there's you stand for nothing. Uh, you fall for anything? Well, there's that. I mean, John Cougar Mellencamp said that. Is, that what he, is he, he the did one who say came that. up with that? I'm that not sure a, he came up with that. No, it was in a song. But yeah, anyway. He just, he just co-opted uh, it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, what when there's no difference between the church and anything else, why go to church? So. You know, I mean, there's righteousness and then there's wrongsciousness. So yeah. You got to have righteousness. You know, might as well go to the movies then if you're, you know, going to fall for anything. What, so. what stood out to me is that uh, they're quoting Reverend Jess as she is speaking to her tiny flock in Appalachia. Is it Appalachia or Appalachia? I don't know. Appalachia? Appalachia? I don't know. Well, okay, but that's a very poor community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, But she's quoting her, and she's getting ready to close one service. She says, our closing hymn comes from our green books, number 492. And when I read that, you may not know this reference, but um, in C.S. Lewis's book, the, the Abolition of Man, 
he opens it talking about these two academics who, uh, in the green book, they, they, he, he had a real problem with this book that they had written and he doesn't want to out them and refer to them by name. So he's right. just talking about their the book, green, as the green book. book. So I was thinking, Hmm. And when you read the abolition of man and you get kind of the premise of what is happening and what he was speaking against in 1944, I think it was, you go, well, there, you know, some of the stuff that he talks about in that book, you can see where the decline in the mainline denominations would come from. Um, and I, he was very prescient for those of you who have not read the abolition of man. It's worth your, uh, worth your time. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Anyways. Cool. Yeah, kind of so like circuit that writer. thing. So I was thinking maybe we should commission all of our pastors to be circuit pastors and we'll just send them to dying churches and we can just kind of take over those churches. Well, you know, I think the idea of the church takeover was great. Yeah. That was when we were speaking, um, pastors, uh, in the flesh, maybe no. Corporate takeover, we just kind of move a whole bunch of our people, people to a dying church. And then we vote all those guys out and our vote people it in. It sounds so much worse it would when be, we talk it about it It would be like just this. like, it would be like a reality show. The church. Yes. Can you imagine like a, a reality show and just call it the church? Well, they have and all then, those makeover shows. Like, it's like, you know, they make over a deli or they make over a salon. Maybe we could do like church makeover. We totally do. We should go to one of those dying churches. That would churches. be awesome. I'm kind of stoked our church is growing. Maybe we well, should it's try. God's church. Well, but yeah, absolutely. He's we should try church makeover. Maybe we could do that with oh, some other churches. There you go. Hmm. Would that mean we need to get you a makeup artist? No, no, no. Not that kind of makeover. Oh, okay. All right. Man, but think about that. Can you imagine a, a, a reality TV series called The Church? And like, you know how they pan to different scenes? So like one of them could be a heated counseling appointment in the pastor's office. So I was... And they would follow the couple. Yeah. And then... Another one would be like your house. What's going on at your house with the kids and all that stuff. And then like outreach stuff. I mean, think of all the interesting stuff they could do. Fascinating. You know what? Yeah. I, I feel like it would be good. So I was listening to uh, a, a podcast earlier, another podcast as I was driving you other, back Do you listen meeting. to other people's podcasts? I listen to a lot of podcasts. Really? I like podcasts. They're yeah. not ripping us off, are they? No, we might be ripping them off. It's possible. Oh, I don't know. I don't listen to other podcasts. So. Okay, well, I'm trying anyway, to keep so it this true. Guy, this guy on this podcast, he was talking about how he, you know, he's on an airplane. He sits down next to a lady. He's going from London to Singapore, which apparently is a very long flight. Yes, it is. And he sits down and he says to her, "So where are you headed?" And she says, "I'm headed to Singapore." Where are you headed? And he goes, "I'm headed to Australia." And, and uh, he says, "So what do you do for a living?" And she told him, and then she says, "Well, what do you do for a living?" He says, "I work for a global enterprise." And she got super interested and she goes, really? What does the global enterprise do? And he says, well, we do healthcare and hospitals and hospice and we do marriage care. And we do, he said, basically we do taking care of people from birth until death. And we help people change their lives through moral transformation. And she goes, what is the name of this enterprise? I've never heard of it. And he goes, it's called the, the church. church. And she was blown away. Yeah. People don't realize how much stuff the church right. does. He said, we feed the poor, we take care. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The church is doing amazing things over the last 2,000 years. I think. Yeah. So th you're talking about the circuit preacher, right? Uh-huh. Because obviously there's no pastoral care at those churches. There's well, no way two people can take care of five churches that pastoral care. Yeah, maybe. But, you know, anyway, but so there was a guy here in San Diego, and uh -huh. he did weddings. That's all he did. He was a pastor, air quotes. He had a and he, he had did, an ordination. He was also a rabbi, air quotes. He was a rabbi too? Oh, yeah. No, that's not even possible. It's the whole enchilada. So he did Mormon weddings. He did JW weddings. He did Christian weddings. Uber pastor. He did, yeah. yeah. And so my buddy knew this guy. Yeah. He would show up in a vet. He had a sweet vet. He'd show up in a vet and just 
All he needed to okay. know is know the couple's name and denomination. Right. He would get up and be their whatever. Okay, I have a family member. And he would just like dial a pastor. And this dude would show up and it was like four or five hundred bucks and he was done in like twenty minutes. I have a family member. So and we went to their wedding. Uh-huh. On the beach. Beautiful location. And it was just a small little stand up wedding. And they had exactly what you're talking about. A dial up pastor. Pastor yeah. showed up. He he came down there and they handed him a check. And he wrote down their names at the top of his piece of paper and he gathered them together and he did a little spot wedding right there. Boom, 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 boom. Done. And then he said, you know, I Mecca declare, like a high, you, Mecca, home. I declare yeah. you husband and wife. And he said, have a wonderful day. And he walked 150 feet down the beach to the next couple and he had another one lined up ready to go. He had like three or four of these. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, away. like Subway, like ordering a sandwich. Yeah. 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 That's totally Uber pastors. Yeah. We should make an app. You think so? No, we shouldn't. No, God, that's not pastoral care. That. I love to see it when I have couples I've married over the years, see them all happy and whatnot. That's mm. great. All blessed. The challenge is when you see a couple that you've married and you're getting together with them because they're having serious, serious issues. Yeah, those ones happen. Oh no, I sell them. I have an extended warranty program. Oh, I sell them. And well, there a, you go. It's a great deal. <laughs> Never. You want this one to succeed it now, is don't you? Actually, yeah. Hey, man. You know, you get what you pay for. I, I, I've, there's actually only been a couple, one or two couples. That a couple failures. I could see it. It was going bad. It's not I mean, your it, fault. It wasn't my deal. Not your so fault. I, I, you know, I tried. I tried to warn them. Mm. Mm-hmm. But anyway, completely incompatible. Marriage can be challenging. Can be, of course, if you're doing it right. When when are you going to start your marriage podcast? I don't know. I mean, I got to I got to line up a legal team first. That's, that's probably true. Be, you know, and yeah. probably hire a bodyguard. Maybe we should start another organization through which you get some insurance and it be bonded and insured. Well, I mean, I got I like I got insurance, but yeah. Maybe we should have one of those like, you know, those we can have another reader come in and read this in a different voice and say the views expressed in this podcast do not represent the organization of cross connection church <laughs> yeah oh no yeah we could we could i think it'd be kind of fun i don't know i was thinking about doing i've been trying to put together a little marriage do you endorse this head. message politically i completely endorse yeah. this message whatever i said i meant it and i i endorse this podcast i've been thinking about putting together a little marriage thing yeah i know you told me so here's the thing huh i want to do like an adventure thing scam likely someone's trying to call me it's a scam okay an adventure thing yeah so like not not like a normal marriage retreat where you just sit around and eat and then you know do classes and stuff yeah and then go and back to your hotel room and have sex you know that kind of thing that's like a i mean that's not a bad marriage retreat it's a good start yeah i'm thinking like an adventure one where you're like out biking like survivor marriage retreat or something oh yeah teach them some skills like buds. survival like skill buds for marriages yeah army like navy seal navy seal training for marriage. yeah yeah show them how to wrestle and stuff yeah that'd be great <laughs> i don't think that's a good idea no you don't think no. so arm no. wrestle okay yeah. I, I got some ideas i got some ideas i just got to sort them all out so when you become a circuit preacher in appalachia you can do that can you imagine the damage i could do at five churches Wow. I'm speechless. There you go. All right. Just well, the thought alone made me scared. We're, we're, we got, I, you know what? I want, if, if we got viewers that would love to do viewers, uh, you uh, keep saying viewers, viewers. listeners, listeners. It, we are so descriptive. It's like they're in the room with us. Right. You know, yeah. I heard it said a few miles. Mm. 
he preached so well, you could see the dust coming off Paul's feet. And I'm what? Like, that I told the guy, I go, that's kind of creepy. You got a man crush on Miles. You do know when apostles shake the dust off of them, it's not a good sign. Well, I know, but anyway, so. Boy. Is that why we had that one couple shaking their shoes off the other day? Probably. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, it's they put the stones down, so at one, least we got that. There far. you go. But I mean, you did call them out. I, I mean, was a little worried when they had the stones in their hands. You know what? It's never a good thing in the Middle East when people are picking up rocks. No. No. Mm-mm. Speaking of Middle East, leaving tomorrow. That's gonna be amazing, bro. Yeah. In fact, when this episode airs, we will be in Jerusalem. The journey of Pablo Cruz. We'll be in Jerusalem. Yeah. The Goose Cruise. Yep. 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 So, I think if our listeners... Listeners, not viewers. Yeah, want to do like an adventure marriage retreat thing, they should let me know. I mean, I'll put something together. Hiking or mountain biking or... All right, you know, well, I have to approve it. Kayaking. Okay. What do you mean you got to approve it? You're not going. <laughs> you're going to be You're going to be over in Europe staying in five-star hotels, know, I wanna getting know, pedicures. I want to know how much trouble you're going to get me into. No, I mean, I'll get the proper insurance lined up and legal form signed. Don't I you sure worry about hope that. so. It's all part just plausible think, deniability. The is what worst, they call it. That's what the White House calls it. The worse it, they that really I know. look, the better you look. Just remember that. Yeah, there is true. We See, call you go. the moon. The moon absorbs all the asteroids. There you go, man. I'm like the liver <laughs> of cross connection. All the pollutants go through me here. I so. guess so. I guess so. All right. Okay. Well, we got questions. Oh, you want to jump right into that? Let's I, jump well, right in. Mean, I don't know. I mean, we could beat around the no, bush no, for some more. Let's do this. Let's uh, you know, I mean, I could have some more hippie coffee. I can get out and go make a set, but man, that it is pretty good. It's pretty good. The yeah. chaga and the lion's mane. Makes lion's you roar mane. like a lion. I was going to say, I just feel like a vineyard guy. Oh, listen to that. Yeah. Roaring in the yeah. spirit. Good yeah. job. Yeah. And then you, know, you want to hear my demon? Now we can play Katy Perry's yeah. song, Roar. She's got a, really, Katy Perry? Wasn't she She's supposed got a to song be a, called Roar. Wasn't she supposed to be a Christian? She used to go to Calvary Chapel, Santa Barbara, I think. Really? Once upon a time. Wow. Okay. She's not a Christian anymore, is she? Maybe. She needs Jesus. I don't know. Okay. Well, hey, we have a question. Yeah. I just looked up redemptive suffering. Sounds like me sending my kids to the corner after they've been bad. Redemptive suffering. I like that. I I kind of like that, you know, sitting on a bed of nails or something. Redemptive suffering. Okay. Besides Catholics, Uh do any other religions believe it? It says it can repair your, or excuse me, repair our own soul and others. Okay. I already um, got questions here, man. Redem- you do? Well, I mean, like... It, it, okay, if you just heard the term redemptive suffering, what's the first thing? Besides the sending your kid to the corner, um, what what do you think of when you think of well, redemptive suffering? Well, I think suffering? Jesus' is redemptive suffering what on the cross. What he suffered on yeah. the cross is redemptive. Yeah, that, okay. that was yeah. redemptive yeah. for sure. That's true. But my suffering's not going to redeem anybody. Yeah. So... So, I mean, why should I suffer, right? You know. Well, I would be interested to see what this uh, listener, listener, this questioner, uh, what it is that um, they were reading about redemptive suffering. Right. Um, you know, maybe they got a Wikipedia article. I don't know. Um, yeah, there is a there is a an idea, concept, a view on redemptive suffering within the Catholic Church. There is a Catholic bishop who um, is a pretty fascinating character, lives up in the L.A., Santa Barbara, Ventura area. His name is... Bishop Robert Cohen. No, Baron. Bishop Robert whoa, Baron. Whoa. No, whoa, no, not whoa. Jewish. I was no. going to say Cohen, not Jewish. Uh, I don't know where the Cohen uh, uh, is. He's a priest, but a different Okay, okay, yeah. okay Bishop yeah. Robert Baron. Okay, yeah. And I've actually heard him speak on the topic of redemptive suffering. And um, so so I think 
sometimes when we hear the term redemptive suffering, the first thing that can kind of come to our mind is like, okay, does that mean that if I suffer, I'm somehow redeeming myself? Right. Or does that mean I'm redeeming other people? So just hearing the term, you know, you can't judge a book by a cover. So it's, it's, it's worth listening to someone who knows what they believe on this, whether or not you believe it or you agree with them or not. It's good to hear what they have to I say about it. It's a good idea to get all the info. Yeah, to hear what they have to say about it. So, um, so I've heard uh, Bishop Robert Barron uh, speak on redemptive suffering before, and his perspective is basically like when you suffer at the hands of somebody else. So someone is uh, you know, effectively persecuting you, and you suffer at the hands of that person, and you do what Peter exhorts the church to do in uh, 1 Peter 2. So 1 Peter 2.20 says, when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. You remember that verse? Yeah. So 1 Peter 2.20 says, you suffer for doing good. Someone is persecuting you. You're suffering and you take it patiently. So uh, Bishop Barron, in talking about this, he says, when you suffer at the hands of somebody else and you bear it patiently, then that can have a redemptive effect in their life that that person sees you bearing it patiently and it affects them at a level that it challenges, convicts, and brings about some sort of okay, redemptive action. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's, that's don't return evil to, for evil. It's a different way of It's just a biblical it. concept. Right, right, don't right, return right. evil for evil and count it all joy. Yeah. So, okay. So if you're reading Redemptive Suffering and you're thinking, if I suffer, then I'm going to redeem myself. No, it, it does not seem to me that even the Catholic Church teaches that. That's not what they're necessarily speaking about. Nor does it say that if you suffer, that you're going to be redeeming other people. Not necessarily. But if you bear the suffering patiently, then God can work through your patient endurance to bring about a form of redemption in the person's life who's persecuting you and uh, affect you or affect them at a level where they maybe they repent. So, yeah. Yeah, well, that's biblical. Okay, so do, do so other... So you take somebody like Mother, Mother Teresa. Right. Who's like... Did some pretty gnarly works, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like... No salvation there, but in the works. But And she was suffering. I mean, that was a very... That was a tough ministry right? she was in. Uh, but I think a lot of people saw that example. And this wasn't a one-on-one thing like maybe this guy's talking about. A lot of people saw that example and thought, wow, this yeah. is pretty crazy. And I bet some people were led to Christ by that example. So have you heard um, the old story about the 40 martyrs of Sebasti, Sebasti, I don't remember how you say it, in roughly around the 4th century, early 4th century AD, there's this story about these 40 Christians that were being persecuted, and they were put out on a frozen lake to die. And there are, you know, Roman soldiers basically watching this. So you have these 40 Christians that are put out on this frozen and lake to die. a hockey game broke out. No. Okay. No. But as a... One of the Roman soldiers who watched this taking place, oh. it so affected that person that he also joined them and died with them as well. That's so redemptive in a sense, suffering. You could yeah. speak of that as like a redemptive suffering yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, it's kind of those things like we heard the term spiritual formation, and that can mean a lot of things. Right, but it doesn't always mean what you assume it means until you start to hear what is the way the person is using this. Like different I mean, people have a definition of for what the it, quote. I mean, right. I don't yeah. think that means what you think it means. Exactly. Yeah. Inconceivable. Yeah. Inconceivable. Hmm. Um, yeah. Never get in a land war, war in, in Asia. Asia and only slightly less known. <laughs> never go against the Sicilian, Sicilian when death, death is, is on the line. He died what? Iocane powder. Yeah. Odorless. Dissolves instantly in water. Yeah. 
What was the one he said? He goes, and you know, the revenge business wasn't paying off so well. <laughs> That's a great movie. Uh, I'm not a witch. I'm your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly <a> great... <laughs> dead. <laughs> to blathe. <laughs> Marriage. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to have to go watch that movie Yeah, again. Princess Bride. I love that Have movie. your kids seen that movie? Oh, absolutely. That's absolutely. a great movie. Best As youth group wish. movie ever. That's such a great movie. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I love that movie. Great movie. Mm. So yeah, spiritual. Okay, was there a second part? Fred to this? Savage was so good in that movie. He was good in that movie. Yeah, I know. Well, Peter Falk. <laughs> yeah, he was great. Oh, oh, and Robin Wright. Yeah, you knew her, right? Yeah, I yeah. went to school with Robin Wright. Yeah, that's right. That's kind of crazy, huh? Uh huh. I went to school with a lot of famous people, but I just not famous. They weren't famous then. No, you are famous to all two hundred listeners. Infamous. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um. So can repair your own soul or others. And then, I mean, like... Uh, do any other a... religions believe this? I, I don't know necessarily that any other religions have the redemptive suffering aspect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, another thing that thought came through my head at first was fasting. Mm. You're not redeemed by it. Yeah. Certainly. But there is suffering involved and there's redeeming qualities. To not it. redeemed by it, but you may be reformed by it. There you go. There you and go. there's redeeming qualities to right. fasting. Absolutely. There can be. And suffering. Mm. So, Okay. Number six, or actually, we're we're it's number two from but, left. Yeah, numero yeah. dos. My question about the barrenness of the Old Testament females: Do you think God is purposely keeping some believing women childless today, so they will get closer to Him? Barrenness of Old Testament females. So we're talking about Hannah. Abraham's wife Sarah. We're talking yeah. about Hannah. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Rebecca. Was it? Yeah, Rachel. Give me children or I shall die. That was Rachel. Yeah. yeah. Rocky. Yeah. Um, so do we think that God is purposely keeping some pe- some believing women childless today so they get closer to him? I don't see biblical evidence to assume that. Yeah, I, I've had some things from experience that I could throw in there. There might bit. be some redemptive suffering there. Yeah. Okay, so I think if we were to take case-by-case biblical examples— Uh-huh. Um, I really feel in the case of Hannah yeah. that the Lord was waiting for Hannah's heart to get to a place where she was wanting to have this child for, for the same reason that he was wanting her to have this child and that he would be one of the greatest prophets that Israel had ever known. And her heart was being lined up through suffering yeah. to one day go into the temple where Eli was and she was said bitterness of heart. And she basically made a vow to the Lord. That, this is one of your favorite stories. I love this story. I know. And and she made a vow to the Lord that uh, when she had the firstborn son, if she had a son, firstborn son, that she was going to dedicate him to him and he would go back to the Lord's house and serve the Lord. Now, that's a really big deal because that might be her only shot. Right. But it was in desperation, I think, and in humbleness and... God, I think, was really in that case, I could make the observation that God was waiting for her heart, her heart to get to a certain place where her will was lining up with his will. And obviously it was his will because Eli gave this offhanded blessing. And next thing you know, bada boom, bada bing, we have little Samuel. And then Samuel went and she dedicated him to the house of the Lord. And he was, you know, and that wasn't her only child, I don't believe. Um, nope. But he went on to be pretty big deal and so sometimes i will i have prayed with women over the years a husband and wife come to me and i will talk about that story and i will ask them the question why do you want to have a child and that's like they've never thought of it before 
except for why I want one. Mm. And uh, and just consider some things and pray about it. And it's kind of crazy how many people have I think that's a valid conceived. that's a valid uh, application on the Hannah story. I just I tend to, but I don't think that God's keeping people right on that. But I'm the, just saying in that I, story, and Sarah, he was waiting for them to get to a certain place spiritually. I think too. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I I just you know because God worked in a certain way one time in history or in the Bible doesn't mean He works in that way every single time. I, I agree, hundred percent. That's an important thing to recognize. I'm throwing out coulda bees. Right, right, right. Yeah. So yeah, can we can we glean some applications from stories like that? Yes. Does God purposely keep? some believing women from having children today to get them to come closer to him. I don't see any evidence in the Bible to assume that, but has God used the suffering in someone's life, even the suffering of barrenness, to bring them to a place of deeper dependence upon God? Yes, many times. Absolutely. In fact, all kinds of suffering. I think it's a wonderful thing when someone is brought through whatever challenging circumstance or thing that they're going through to a place of deeper dependence upon God and acceptance of like, hey, God, I unless you intervene in this situation, I'm toast. Yeah, not no, a bad place to absolutely. be. Absolutely. Yeah, but I, I would say if I was barren, I would definitely be spending some time with the Lord and asking him those questions, and He'll answer your questions. He's not afraid of your questions. Well, and, I don't know about your house. Actually, I do. Our house, we didn't have any problem with this. These kids just kept coming. I couldn't figure out how or why. You know now, though, don't you? I do. Yeah. yeah there yeah. you go. Mm-hmm. I got four. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. But I tell you what, I've walked. It has this. so much to do with Victoria's secret. You yeah. know, her well, secret is. Don't buy that stuff unless you want to have babies. There you go, man. You know yeah. what? It's it's I can't I can't argue with it. That's a budget. That's a budget. That's a line item. There's a line in item. In my budget. Yeah. That officially is what? It's I can't even spell it, but it looks like linger. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. There you go. So yeah. so that that store is a safe space, right? Victoria's Secret, your your wife can she can spend Whenever whatever. Whenever she wants, she 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 can go in there. Because I just want to show you the top transaction right now. Top transaction on my bank statement right here. What what's that say right there? Oh, hang on. Let me look. This is my wife's card here. Woo, doggy. You went for it. Wildness. It says Victoria's Secret. Yeah, Victoria. So I, I, I know what Victoria's Secret is. I got notified a couple hours ago and I went, there you go. There'll be a hot time in the old town tonight. Goodness gracious. No, they go. We're going to get ourselves into all kinds of trouble. No, you know Next what? question. Yeah, number three. Okay. Number three. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying I'm not responsible for Boudreaux. Yeah. Anyway. So. Number three. Now that we're talking about babies and children. Love can and I, marriage. I just want to revi- love and marriage. I want to revisit that just for a second. Do you? For those that are walking can. through barrenness. Yes. Our heart goes out to you. Truly. I don't want to make true. light of that. That is a very hard thing, and yeah. it is crushing. It can be really crushing to the soul, and very yeah. hard. And and uh, we've had some good close friends who've had a lot yeah, of problems. In really, yeah. really a challenge. So uh, not making light of your suffering at all, because yeah. you know, I I I understand that. I get that. So, okay, next. May God open the womb. Yes, but not too big, not too quick, because man, you know, they, babies they start happening. Woo, man, they overwhelming. There you go. Okay, I was just listening to Isaiah. That whole segment's totally going to get us into trouble. No, we're going to go for 100%. it. You're going to be in a foreign country. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm the I'm one leaving, taking the heat. I'm leaving the ramifications. Yeah, there you go, man. Drop uh, the mic. So they were listening to Isaiah, so it must have been on the Bible listening plan or was something. listening to the Isaiah. God tells Israel. Israel. That their name is written on the ah, palm of his yes, hand. Yes, yes. It is not a question about tattoos, though. Mm-mm, it is not. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. But I hear Christians use that in reference to us as individuals, as the church, etc. But 
Does it only apply to Israel? That's a great question and a very common thing we run into. This is coming from Isaiah 49, verse 14 through 16. says, But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me, and my Lord has forgotten me. So this is Israel during a time of suffering, redemptive suffering, no less. During a time of difficult barrenness as a people. We're just weaving everything together here. It's so consistent. During a time of great suffering, they think, God has forsaken us. He's left us. He doesn't love us anymore. And God responds. This Isaiah 14. Look, you cheese balls. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If you weren't such disobedient Meshuganas. Meshuganas, yeah. Okay, Isaiah 14. Did you see Chuck doing that? Chuck, the voice of God? Uh, Listen, you punks, you you Meshuganas. Let me continue reading the Bible. Thank you both. (laughs) Israel, you're... You're going right. to, I'm, I'm calling just, I'm dial a whooping. There. there we go, turn you down. I'm calling up dial a whooping. I have control there. Uber, yeah, sure you do. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, anyway, so right, Isaiah anyway. 49, verse 15, God responds. And God says to Israel, because they're accusing God of leaving them, you've left us, you've left us and forsaken us. And so God says, Snivel, snivel. Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Obvious rhetorical question. Answer is no. No. Surely, God says, they might even forget. <laughs> Yet I will not forget you. Yeah. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me, which proves that God was into Facebook. They have Facebook there walls. You go. Well, you know, yeah, their the prayer walls wall. are continually yeah. before me. God wall. It's actually the walls of Jerusalem. So God says, I'm never hey. going to forget you. I've inscribed you on the palms of my hands. So, so that's the passage. That's the passage. So now... It's important to recognize that that is most beautifully fulfilled in Jesus who will eternally bear the marks, the scars of crucifixion for our salvation. Those aren't tattoos either, people. So Nails. So yeah, does this speak only to Israel? No, I think this is God speaking to his people. Now, in context of the passage there, God is responding to Israel's accusation god they're accusing god of leaving them forsaking them god say no i have not forsaken you and uh i will never forget you because i've inscribed you upon my hands so i think there's also a connection of this in isaiah 49 to the prophecy of zechariah zechariah 13 where in a future time israel the the descendants of abraham isaac and jacob they're going to behold the messiah jesus behold check it out And they're going to see the scars, the wounds. And they're going to ask him. This is in Zechariah 13. Where did you get these wounds? In one translation, the King James Version says, where did you get these wounds in your hands? And he responds, these were where I was wounded in the house of my friends. So among his own people, he received these wounds. So there may be a connection there. Beautiful scars, the only ones in heaven. But this does bring up a further question about the promises made to Israel in the Old Testament, do they apply to... Future and a hope. I mean... Yeah, Isaiah yeah. 29, 11. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Isaiah's kind of your book, huh? No, I'm sorry, Jeremiah 29. But I'm, Jeremiah yeah, I know 29. it's Jeremiah, but I mean, Isaiah's kind of your book. Huh? I did teach it for probably uh, seven or so semesters at the Bible college. Yeah. Trying I, to go through 66 chapters in 14 weeks is challenging. There you go. Yeah. Uh, you want to give some insight on this whole thing of the promises well, to Israel? Well, they're promises that are made to Israel. They're not made to us. Yeah, I think we need to read them in context. We can find applications. But there is the verse in 1 Corinthians 1 or 2 Corinthians 1 where 
says all of the promises of God are in Jesus. Yes and amen to the glory of God. Well, Jesus is definitely so, the fulfillment. He's the ultimate fulfillment of, of those promise. yeah. promises for sure. I would agree a hundred percent. But those specific promises, as they were being written at the time, right. and they were hearing, they were for God's people. Yeah, when God says, "If my people who are called by my voice will humble themselves right. and call out to me, I will hear from heaven." Um, that's being spoken to Israel. Now, are there applications to us? Sure. Which is like, you know, listen up, punks. You know, it, it's it, God's so much nicer than I am. When you put on the Chuck voice, you get kind of cranky and angry. I don't think Chuck was like that. Unless he was dealing. Never mind. Well, yeah. <laughs> Unless he was talking to you. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, yeah, Next question. Yeah, yeah. Let's not go there. You're one Next of the star question. students. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So. He anyway, hey, I Bible, just know. When I was, when I was. 15 years old, he signed my Bible. Chuck Smith, 3 John, verse 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. That's very cool. That's so written. still walking, Chuck, still walking. There you go. That's written on a beam in my son's house when I was remodeling awesome. it. There so, you go. Cool. I, I have a limited edition. Chuck with his arm around you me like, like to, we're you best like friends. I, you like to bring I, I think I'm going to have that thing life-size. Yeah. Stand up of Chuck with his red you know, sweater. We're getting to a point where more and more of our listeners probably have no idea what we're talking about when we talk about Chuck. The red, I have Chuck Smith. Chuck Smith, the leader Chuck of the Smith. pastor of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. For a very long time. A very integral part of the Jesus movement of yes. the 60s, 70s, and 80s, really. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, the kind of the father of Calvary Chapel. There you go. We probably need to preface our discussions about Chuck. Yeah. So, so to some people. Yeah, to some for people. sure. Yeah. And Chuck had this iconic, he was like an old guy that young people like, but Chuck had this iconic, like, reddish maroon sweater. He loved that color for some reason. So if you're cool, you got a picture with yourself next to no, Chuck in the red just, sweater. You just happen to have a picture of you with Chuck, and he's wearing that. So you, then you have to insert, if you're cool. Well, I'm just saying right. that that's a that's a. I limited got Photoshop ed- too, Mark. I can make that happen I, as well. I didn't Photoshop. I was live. Right. I had witnesses. I don't know. I, I wonder know. if I, I, might be a deep fake. You think Broderson's got one? Might be a deep fake. It's his father-in-law. It, yes, he's got a red one. sweater picture. I bet he's got pictures of him and Chuck surfing together. You ain't got that. He's probably got pictures of him and Chuck in their pajamas at yeah, Christmas. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Could you see Chuck in some up. Star Wars pajamas? With a coffee cup in his hand? Oh, Absolutely. Glorious. Glorious. Okay. All right. Now, next so, question. Yeah, Isaiah, reference of the church. Okay. No, no, we're done with that one. Yeah, we are. Okay. How can you mend a bad reputation? How did you do that, Mark? For what? <laughs> um, how do you mend a bad reputation? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you you've got personal experience? I I not really. No, no. You had a good reputation. No, no, no. I had a good reputation. You did yeah. when I got your references. There you go. So, um, I think you mend a uh, bad reputation by doing the right thing for a really long time, being yep. very consistent. Yep. It takes and time. Really consistency. Yes, consistent and doing the right thing. And mm-hmm. like, let's think of some examples where you'd have a bad reputation for something. Um, Gosh. Well, you know, the person that comes to my mind, biblical character, her name was Rahab. She was formerly known as Rahab the harlot. The hooker that saved a nation. Yeah, and you know what? She's going to be our what the heck that's in the Bible series. Yes, and uh, and then now her reputation is that she's like the great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus. Right. That's a good reputation. You talk about being redeemed. Transformation that took place. Yeah, there you go. 
yeah, bad reputation needs to be undone by the practice of faithfulness and doing what's right, but it takes time. Yeah. Consistency and time. People need to see that there's been a transformation. Sometimes there needs to be some confession and repentance and going and talking with someone who you've wronged. That'll go a long wrong. ways because people right. go, wow, that dude really changed. Admitting you're right. Or that dudette really changed. Or admitting you're wrong, I mean. Yes. Yeah. Wrongciousness. Admit wrongciousness? your wrongciousness. Wow. Yeah. wow. It's a word, I'm sure. It's not. No? Mm-mm. Not Underlined yet. Underlined red. Not no, yet. Never going to be. Not yet. You never Never going to be. I'm campaigning. Wrongciousness. Keep trying. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. That's so how you, you mend can, it. You can mend a bad reputation. And I think uh, another thing you could do, if this is a marriage situation, uh-huh. the repentance thing is good. But then going out of your way to shore up those things that are broken mm-hmm. and going back and fixing those things that you've broken. Yeah. Because once once trust is broken, the faith thing is out the window. It's really hard to restore trust. It is. Uh, once you've broken, you know, people, it's hard. But so. we've seen it happen, haven't we, in marriages? We, Absolutely. And it's a phenomenal thing when you see the work that God is able to accomplish in a person's life through repentance and redemption. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Forgiveness. Yep. Do you hold grudges sometimes? Uh, I have a bad memory, so uh, it's good. See, that's I have a great memory. Yeah. It's horrible sometimes. Okay, so people aren't going to believe when I say that I have a bad memory because they hear me quote Bible verses and stuff like that. But I, I forget things done to me quickly. I don't hold a grudge necessarily. I don't, yeah, I'm not really a grudge keeper. I'm not necessarily a grudger, but I'm, I am I look like for the for the protection of the flock oh okay yeah. like when i that's see somebody a who's a little suspect in the wolf that's a little bit different 10 years down the road i can look at that guy and go oh hang on this guy's this guy was at my old church and i know who he is and i'll keep an eye on that dude because i don't want him doing any damage Did you see babylon b um was talking about the new brand of clothing the new clothing line that uh joel osteen's bring out what is it it's called sheep's clothing all right i could bring out the ghetto nba version of wolves and sheep clothing <laughs> there you go man man we just call it wolf for those of you who don't know, Babylon B is a satirical site. It's not real news. They they it's market fake news. fake news. Yeah. On purpose. Like Joel Osteen's because, yacht. And going I'm saying through this because Houston. sometimes people send us articles like, I can't believe this, Pastor. Have you seen this? This is devastating. And I have to like nicely write back and say, This is a joke. It's yeah. okay. You're supposed to laugh at these yes, things. Yes, this is not true. What was the one Joel Osteen horrified to learn of the crucifixion? I mean, then people go, really? He didn't know about that? I'm like, no. It, no, it's, it's a joke. Satire. It's satire. They do beat up on old Joel a little bit. Oh, they do. Yeah. yeah. They beat up on Calvary Chapel, too. Yes. Yes, they did. So how Much do you mend a bad reputation? Do the right thing. Do the right thing. Okay. Uh, the other one was an animal question. Yeah, number nine. Well, I guess it's not number nine. It's number five. Yeah. If animals have no soul, why are they so cruel to one another? Mark? Because they're animals. They're <laughs> animals. <laughs> Look, you little animals. Yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, they don't have any conscience or anything. They're just doing what feels good to them. Yeah, we, we can't really get into the head of an animal so well and figure out what their, what their brain is fully thinking. Well, a lot I, of the things they do is instinctive. Right. But like I mean, you like, see a cat batting around a little mouse or something and playing with it. It looks to us to be really cruel, but... He's just doing instinctive stuff. He's like, yeah. man, look at this. This thing moves, and I can bat it around, and I'm bigger than it, and yeah. I'm practicing. It smells like I'm, something I can eat. I'm going to kill this thing slow. It's like playing with his food, basically. Yeah, kind of, yeah. You know, but... Uh, okay, it, would you would you agree that maybe the cruelty that we observe in, in nature is because of the fallenness of nature? Oh, I would think so. Yeah. The, uh, the would you say before the fall? That was a question that had come up. Before the fall, was these, were these animals eating one another? 
That's a good question. I, I don't know. I wasn't there before the fall, but I do know that in the prophecy of Isaiah, going back to Isaiah again, Isaiah, there is the passage in Isaiah, I believe it's in Isaiah chapter 11, where Isaiah is looking forward to the day in which Christ reigns over all the earth, and there's a great transformation. So the lion and the lamb thing? It's not a lion and a lamb. It's a wolf shall dwell with the lamb. Oh. The leopard shall lie down with a young goat. Oh. The calf and the young lion and the fatling together. And a child shall lead them. So there's this passage in Isaiah It's like going to be a petting zoo. Yeah, Isaiah 11. Except that the kid it, is leading a li- around a and lion. he's not going to get eaten. Wouldn't you want to have a pet lion? That'd be kind of cool. It would be kind of cool. Yeah. Especially yeah. if you could send him out to eat other stuff. Oh, well, would you name him Aslan or would you name him Mufasa? Mm, I don't know. Something like Killer. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. Well, the know. only uh, the only lions I know are Aslan, Mufasa, Simba, and Scar. Those are the only ones I know. Oh, and Nala. That's the female lion. Yeah. <laughs> Elsa. I know my C.S. Lewis and my Disney movies. Oh, well, there you go, man. So. Elsa is wrong, wrong genre. No? That's not a lion. No, she was a... She just has a frozen heart. No, wait, uh, that's her that, sister. No, yeah, that's, no, that's, that's right. A, that's it's the white frozen. lion. That's another thing. What? And then, see, you know... Well, okay. There was a big... See, I'm young. National Geographic. You're young? We had, or I'm young. Or you're... When I was young. When I'm you old. were young. Okay. Uh, Do you the, remember back that This part? is my sometimers kicking in. Mm, mm-hmm. No. But anyway, uh, we had National Geographic lion stuff going on. Jane Goodall. She's the eight person, Eight right? person, yeah. all that stuff. So we had a lot of nature programs. So I forget what the name of that one was, but I think it was Elsa was one of the lions there. So. You know what's fascinating about the Jane Goodall thing is that she held back some of her research because she didn't like some of the things that she saw. It came out later that some of the docile apes that she observed were not so docile and that they would actually go out in like warring parties to go out and like destroy other gatherings and groups of apes like on purpose. Like they were savage. She That didn't fit with her worldview at the time. Well, that's the interesting thing about, well, air quote, research yeah you have to watch who's doing the research mm-hmm. who's paying for the research mm-hmm. i i guarantee you that you know a tobacco company's not going to fund any research no, that makes like every look time bad. every time my mom is notorious for this she'll tell me that did you see that research says that milk does this and this and this and i go who funded the research and you look at coca-cola it, it's like, no it's like the the dairy association of iowa or something yeah like that. okay like, yeah right. okay yeah. no wonder that they're saying it cures everything to drink that milk because the dairy growers they, right yeah. oh beef is bad for you it'll kill you and it's like yeah. the you know national the brotherhood of farmers. vegan scissors yeah <laughs> exactly. yeah that's it yeah oh yeah well you know the signs that i drive by say eat more chicken so that's a great campaign there that's yeah. a good i wonder how many kids misspell words because they've seen those chick yeah chkn yeah yeah, yeah. Um, Cows don't know how to spell, apparently. Evidently not. Yeah. But, you know, neither do most people That's on Craigslist, I'm just going to tell you. That's because they're fallen. Yeah, they'd be fallen. So. Uh, we had another question. Was, uh, do animals go to heaven? Yeah, that was the last one. Do animals go to heaven? Well, I think my animals are going to go to heaven because I preach to them, and I'm pretty sure they accept You think Jesus. they're saved? Yeah, yeah. I think they're going to heaven because I know there's going to be a feast, and I can't imagine a feast without some dead animals. Oh, my gosh. You're horrible. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right next to the mashed potatoes. God, God can just create meat to eat. Like, just boom. You think it's, it's going to be just oh, boom? Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. Tender? There no Costco, nothing. Huh? It's going to be tenderloin. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. 
Man, mm. I had some steaks the other day. They were good. Some people believe there will be animals in heaven. Really? There was a movie that said all dogs go to heaven. Hmm. I've known a couple dogs that should not go to heaven. Like the one that almost ripped my yeah, arm off when I was eight years old. You got that scar on your arm. Yeah. 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 That dog should not go to heaven. Okay. Um, so there's a sea of glass. Do you think there's going to be fishing? I mean, porcelain fish. What's the deal? Do I think the sea was light glass. Light glass. Yeah. So it was smooth. Hmm. Think about hmm. that. I don't know. Heaven, heaven is mysterious. Fly. We we know so little about heaven. We do. In fact, but John we could do not know, even handle it. What we do know, it sounds really good. And one day, God is going to bring about a new heavens and a new earth and a reformed, rejuvenated, spectacular creation upon which we will live with him forever and ever. It's going to be like this, but better. The fishing and hunting is going to be great. Perfect. I do think that there will probably be a, there will probably be animals there. I don't know if there'll be your animals that have died and gone on to heaven. I don't I don't really see evidence of that in the yeah. Bible, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah, sure. I had a wonderful evening last night. I know that in my house, if animals go to heaven, they go to heaven at a much faster pace in the Benedict this house. Yeah, your guys is like a I don't know. You guys have some better to be born a pig in Israel than a, a pet in the Benedictus <laughs> house. No, we've done pretty good so far. You haven't killed any this year. No, but there's one that's not looking so good. He's on the let's just say that he's on the he's on the short list. He just he may not he not may not make it. <laughs> because you're gonna put him in the garbage disposal. He's, or he's, he's just a, le- a leopard gecko. Ooh, a leopard gecko. sounds expensive. Who has become blind somehow? I don't know how. How does a leopard gecko bl- go blind? Sniffing Perhaps. paint, huffing no, paint. Yeah, it, it might be from when Evangeline dropped him. But let's not go there. You can't go blind from being dropped. It depends on how high you get dropped. Oh, no parachute? Yeah. Anyway, so the leopard gecko. I'm trying to remember his name. I don't know. These animals, they all have names. One of them, we have an animal. His name is Fred 3.0. Fred 3.0? <laughs> that should tell you something about Fred's. <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of funny. It's like my It's daughter. like the other animals when they come in and they go, so what's your name? They, he goes, my name's Fred. And they go, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. But anyway, the leopard gecko, I think his name is Spike. I don't know. But anyway, the leopard gecko can't see, so he can't find his food. And we have to feed him, like, by hand. And now he doesn't want to eat. So he's on, like, you know, he's on a hunger, you know, strike. Wow. I don't know. I don't think he's going to survive. What's he he striking for? I have no idea because there's people in the house that drop him. Wow. Okay. He's probably he's saying no on, more. Of this. I want to no, no drop no, clause in my con. My, no more of this. No drop clause in my contract. Do animals go to heaven? I sure hope so, because some little Spike kid will probably not make it. Had a big lizard thing at the camping trip. Was it a bearded dragon? Yeah. It yeah. Was like, we've, we've this got, thing was like two feet long. We have two long. of those. We have one about that size. The thing was his name is Shredder. Really? Because he he looks like a dinosaur. Yeah, we got one of those. I did. We actually know have two of those. That big. One yeah. that's that big, and then we have one about that big. And the one that's smaller, he's Fred 3.0. <laughs> he doesn't realize he's got a bad name. Yeah. But Fred 3.0, every time you open his cage, uh-huh. he's not so friendly. He goes like this. That's a good way to mouth, get dropped. Opens his mouth and looks at you, and he follows your hand, and he's got his mouth like open. And Elliot, because it's Elliot's lizard, Elliot says, look, Mom, he's smiling. We're like, <laughs> Sure, stick your hand in the cage, kid. Yeah. That, kid wants to gr- that guy wants to grab your pinky finger. Wow. Swallow it whole. Man, we used Look, to have Mom, he's uh, smiling. Clifford the Big Red Fish uh-huh. when my daughter was a little girl. Clifford, that's a, yeah, Big Red a Fish, red Big fish. Red Dog. Yeah, so it yeah. was a red uh, beta. 
mm. the fighting fish thing. Yeah, I've always wanted to see a couple of those like actually fight. Yeah, well, so um, it's probably illegal. You know, Clifford was floating one day, so I had to run over to Walmart and pick over Clifford 2.0. Swap him out. This was Emily's fish? No, Gracie. How old was Gracie at the time? Oh, like three oh, or okay. something. So, I mean, you know. Look, Mom, he changed colors. Well, no, no, I got another red one. Hmm. Oh, yeah, no, I pulled it off for about four or five fish. And then finally, I'm like, you know, it's time she learns about death. You're like, I've spent way too much on betta fish. We're yeah, done. Yeah, I've been over to the Walmart and done. the things you see at Walmart anyway. That's a trip. Yep. So, anyway. Well, I think that's it. So, do we have... A uh, secret phrase, secret word for our Uber listeners. <laughs> I don't know. Some dogs go to heaven. There you go. Some <laughs> dogs go to heaven. Not the one that bit me. Yeah. What was that oh, dog's was, name that bit running. you? I don't remember. That was a long time ago. That was 30 years ago. I was running the other day, though. That dog's dead now, by the way. Yeah, way dead. Um, I was running the other day. I got my headphones on. I'm running not too far from here. Come down this street. And I, I feel something at my heels and I look behind me and there's this little, like little white fluffy dog chasing after me and barking like crazy. And I pulled my headphones out and he's like trying to grab my feet and the owner was yelling at their dog. And I was like, what are you doing? Leave me alone. Yeah. You know, that drives me insane at uh, Lake Hodges. Uh-huh. And people it, are getting signs. Better. It says, keep your pets your on, dog a on a leash. But you're on a mountain bike and you drive mm. by and they snap at your heels Mm-hmm. And then, like, a dog can do some damage to your leg, yeah, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, practically rip my arm off. you stop. Yeah. And then the owners get all mad at you. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, forget the dog. I'm going to, you know. this Ain't I more important than dogs? Yeah, what's the deal? So knock that off, people. Be responsible. And then, you know, those are the people that cry when their dog fetches a rattlesnake. Ooh, yeah. Because they have them off the leash. Have there's your dog a lot of rattlesnake there. So keep your dog on a leash. That's about a $2,000 vet bill right there. If you make it. Yeah. You know, so, and a funeral if you don't make it. So be nice. Be nice to your dog. Mm-hmm. So don't make me mean. Some animals go to heaven. That's the secret phrase. Is that, I, I thought it was some dogs. Some dogs. Some dogs. That's going to be the phrase. Okay. Yeah. People are going to go, not even. Fred 3.0. You're leaving me something to explain while you're on the cruise. There you go. All right. All right. Well. I guess until next time. Until we meet again. Peace out, y'all.